Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, I don't know what time it is on your clock, but in my clock, who am I? Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It is always 2 a.m., and it's definitely 2 a.m. somewhere. I am so glad for the first time on Tales from 2 a.m. to have Jeffrey David Benedict with me, and I did not know he was the GDB. What is up, Jeffrey? <laughs> I threw I threw my middle name up there for you, Brian. I'm doing good. <laughs> I am the reason I am a middle name guy, and it wasn't because I just like to call him Michael Petaway Tomlin or Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger or now Lashawn Marquise Pouncey or anything like that. James Earl Connor. I mean, I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things, but. I go with Brian Anthony Davis because something happened that our name became John Smith. My dad's name is Bill Davis, and it's funny. There's a Bill Davis in the live chat that's not my dad. Then there's a Bill Davis in the live chat that shows up now that is my dad. So it's funny. You know, there's so much mistaken identity with names. So I decided to go with my real name. And because when I was on the radio, I was actually Brian Fox when I was on the radio all those years. It, it was uh, such a goofy name. And, and the poor guy named Brian Fox in Johnstown when I was on the radio got all these phone calls from these teenage girls wanting to talk to the DJ. And <laughs> and uh, I ended up talking to him one time. He's like, yeah, I hate you for that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sorry. I, I mean, you, you go, you have to change your name a lot of times on the radio. But for here, I'm I'm just plain old bad. I'm I'm my uh, my born name from 1971, and I got to tell you, I hated being called bad when I was a kid because I thought it was a bad, it was a terrible connotation to me, me a bad kid. Now I'm like, 
that's cool. I mean, I, I want to be bad. And the, that's how it, uh, that's how the name started. So yes, I am Brian Anthony Davis, but the problem with that is every serial killer, every guy that gets arrested for, for something, you get your, get his middle name in there. So, I mean, gosh, Lee Harvey Oswald, James Earl Ray, Brian yeah. Anthony Davis. I don't want to be really in that thing with a middle name, but <laughs> I guess you take the good with the bad. You're not that type of killer. No, yeah. <laughs> You're killing yeah. it at 2 a.m., but that's not not that kind. Not that. The direction. only thing that I'm killing now is a plate of wings, and you know that, that's that's really that. You know, give me some ranch, and it's all over, my friends. Um, so, anyways, that enough about my name. I took up two minutes and thirty seconds on that nonsense, but it's so great to have you on the show. This is a much different show. And you're used to Jeffrey on whether it be the curtain call or know your enemy with Michael Anthony Beck. I don't know what his middle name is. <laughs> we'll have to find that out. Um, it's probably something cool and Canadian. I mean, I don't know what a real Canadian name would be. Um, Michael Jacques Beck. But um, anyways, you're used to that show. And that is probably one of the best shows that we have on our network. And it's about to get better. And I'm going to go ahead and tease that. The reason it's about to get better, we're going back to the interview portion, which nobody works with a person coming in from another site or another fan base and talks better than Jeffrey and Michael. Michael, he's the interview guy. Jeffrey breaks it down. And they're going to be talking to college guys. And this is the great thing. Well, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I, I hope I don't mess this up, but you're you're looking at a major big time SEC college coming up this week. Is that correct? That is the plan. As long as they as long as they hold up and don't cancel on Michael, yeah, it, which happens yeah, so, a lot. So uh, as long as they show up, yeah, it's gonna be big. And and that's the thing. So you'll have an opportunity to talk to these guys about guys that are projected in the first round that guys that are projected for the Steelers to possibly pick, but guys that uh, these got, that these analysts can bring up that is maybe a cornerback that has a fourth-round grade that would be perfect for the Steelers or a defensive lineman that would come in sixth, um, in the sixth round that, that you could bring in and uh, make a big difference because we've seen guys come in in the sixth round or the fourth round and be very valuable to this team. My gosh, if we had a guy from Louisiana last year telling us about Kevin Dotson, we would have gotten all excited for this guy. So, you know, that's going to be a great show. So I'm excited for that. This show is going to be a whole lot different. This is just about mayhem and fun. And that's what it is. This is about memories. If you want, if you want to know all about the Steelers of today and what they're going to do at center and how they're going to manage the quarterback situation now that Ben's back, we have a million shows that's going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, we have so many shows that's going to talk about who to get in the first round. This show is to talk about your Steeler fandom, and that's what we do. And every Steeler fandom has roots. And that's what I want to ask you about first before we get started. It's this, like I said, it's all about your love for the Steelers. Everybody in the live chat, you're especially if you're here now, man, and ladies, if you're here, you're here for a reason because it's the off season. There's so many other things you could be doing. You could be binge watching Bridgerton. 
which I had to do a long time ago with a couple months ago with my wife. Ugh. Um, but you could be doing that or you have black and gold running through your veins and you want to know everything. And you want to talk about the Steelers because it's fun. It's home to you. That's the only reason that I talk about the Steelers as much as I do, because it's home. I'm a very nostalgic guy. If you know anything about me, I love talking about stuff from way back. And that's why Tony and I, Tony and I, the reason we do the retro show together, Jeffrey, is because we bonded over Bailey Quarters from WKRP in Cincinnati. She was the, not the the hot one, because Jennifer Marlowe, played by Lonnie Anderson, was the hot one. Yeah. And then when you're growing up in, in the uh, Pittsburgh area or Western Pennsylvania, at 4.30 in the mid-80s on WTAE, because we only had three networks back then. We didn't have Fox yet. We only had three networks. You're watching WKRP growing up at 4.30 on Channel 4. And so I mentioned that casually in, in one of my introduction articles about me. Jeff used to do profiles right before the, the start of the season and uh, show who we are. I think we should go back to that because I, I think it's really great. And that's kind of what we did with uh, Mary Steeler, Mary Steeler Memories to a little bit about our Steeler past and combining it with Christmas. That's how we did it. But so I put in something, just a throwaway line that Tony instant messaged me right away. And then we became friends. And then we start talking about these games and we started doing shows together. So it, it's uh, how you got into it is so much about it. And that's what 2am is all about. Ryan O'Toole says this Steelers were huge in the seventies when I grew up and they were on my TV every Sunday as a kid. Didn't have to worry about games being blacked out then. That's true. Jeffrey, one of the reasons we all become Steeler fans is the fact that back then, you didn't have a choice. If you had a Steeler fan in your house, that's what you were watching. You weren't watching anything on TV. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually grew up the opposite. My mother uh, hated football. So we were not allowed... I was not allowed to watch football. She was draconian with the television. Uh, like if she like she didn't like Scooby Doo. I never got to watch Scooby Doo as a kid because she just uh, didn't like it. So if it was if it was television, she didn't like it. She'd be like, "Turn that junk off," and I'd turn it off. Uh, so I did not watch football as a kid. Uh, I played soccer. I wasn't allowed to play football, which was good because I was super small. Uh, I was like the tiniest kid in my school for a long time. And uh, so I, I wasn't even exposed to it. And I actually uh, became a football fan through uh, video games is how I first started becoming a football game. I had a, I had a Nintendo and I didn't have tech mobile. I had NEX, NES play action football. And I always played as Washington. So my first team I was a fan of was, was what's now the Washington football team. Uh, they were my first team. So I, I read about them and I loved Daryl Green. You know, Hall of Fame cornerback, fantastic player, was the fastest, was small and fast. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm the I'm fast and I'm small. I could play football if I was allowed. You know, I could have done it. Uh, at least I thought that at the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't wasn't that fast, just faster than other kids. But uh, then uh, I think it was my Steeler fandom started with the. 94 season, I actually got to see some playoff games because my mom started working uh, weekends. And so I, I would sneak and watch football games on Sunday. And I, the 94 season, I remember the end of the 94 season and then 
uh, Bill Cowher coached the uh, Pro Bowl that year. And I watched that game, and Bill Cowher was the coach, and uh, a lot of Steelers were in that game. And they were showing Rod Woodson highlights. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, that guy's amazing. The stuff he does is incredible. And I started watching the Steelers the next season. So I was on board for the 95 season and the all, all that that entailed. And then, yeah, Rod Woodson by far made me a Steeler fan. He was the reason. And I stuck around after that. You know why Bill Cower coached the Pro Bowl back then, right? Because he wasn't it. Uh, you lost the championship game. Yeah. So I hated every time I saw the chin on the sideline <laughs> for in Hawaii because I'm like, no. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. That was kind of the reward and punishment. Um, you got far. All right. You get to go to Hawaii, but Hey, you didn't go to the Super Bowl and you lost in the AFC championship. So he coached a few of those, which was absolutely a shame. I remember, I remember watching that, see that, uh, game and thinking, my goodness, if the Steelers had a Curtis, uh, what was it? Curtis Martin or Marshall Falk were the two young running backs in that game. And they just absolutely dominated. And Bill Cower was yelling on the sideline. I just remember that. Well, I love the fact that that's how you got into football. That's a great story because it, it's really fun to talk about our roots in football. You actually, uh, you actually did it a, a little bit more. You had a sneak football, just like I had a <laughs> you know sneak my dad's penthouse that I found in the uh, <laughs> under the bed. No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, oh, um, I'm joking, but I'm not. But um, <laughs> it's two a.m. somewhere, folks. Um, but you know what? So. When talking to our Aussies, when we're talking to Mark Davison and we're talking to Matt Peverell, that's exactly how they got into it, too. Because here you have guys that are uh, more into rugby, and that's the culture in Australia. And they found it by playing Madden. And it was guys like for Mark Davison, I believe it was James Ferrier that that really uh, he he had that one guy that was awesome in uh in madden and i could probably tell you the time it was probably around 2004 because that's when ferrier was amazing and so i'm sure it carried over to madden but a lot of people got into football because of because of video games me i got into it because of football cards and like i said earlier that's all that was on the television because it was on a sunday you went to uh you went to sunday din dinner at uh, nana's house um, we had this, uh, I mean, it was usually pasta and meatballs and, uh, my gosh, her meatballs were so famous that, uh, we, it was mentioned in her obituary, you know, I mean, the, she was known for these Italian meatballs. Uh, they, they were absolutely incredible. She would make fried dough. That's why we all had, uh, we, we all have uh, heart conditions because <laughs> like those brunches were like big pasta dishes, fried dough and meatballs. So you would have the fried fried dough and meatballs without sauce for breakfast. Then a couple hours later, you would turn around and have meatballs, pasta, sauce with the ribs <laughs> for, for brunch. And then you, not brunch, for lunch, then you turn around, oh, it's one o'clock. Everybody's pouring into the living room and you're watching the game. And then when we didn't go there on Sunday, my dad was watching the game. And so I just got into it and I, here I am, I'm have these guys on my football cards and 
well, it doesn't hurt when you're growing up in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, because the late seventies, you had all those guys on the team. And where I grew up was Johnstown. And who's from Johnstown? What Hall of Famers from Johnstown? Do you know this? I, I don't know hometowns for players. Jack Ham was from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Went to Bishop McCourt High School. Right. And if I would have went to a Catholic high school, I would have went to Bishop McCord. It was 10 minutes from my house. And so, you know, growing up in Johnstown, you know, he's on all the local commercials. He's doing Penn State football, too. He ends up doing Penn State football later on as the analyst, which I believe he still does. Um, so you have you have that connection to the Steelers. And we did not have... ESP, we had ESPN, but it wasn't big yet. We didn't have Madden football. We didn't have everything where you can be introduced to other teams like you can. You basically saw the Steelers, and okay. it was awesome. And that that was the team. And it's great when I talked to Kevin Smith about getting into teams, um, how he got into it. He got into it in a different way too because he grew up in Jersey. Uh, so it's so interesting to find out how everybody gets into it. A lot of people got into it around the time you did too. I know Jeff Hartman was really big into it in the nineties. Um, a lot of people look back to the team that they started with as, as their favorites, you know, so he's into Lloyd and he's definitely into guys like Lloyd and Kevin green and, and Rod Woodson and the Carnell lakes. And so, you know, that's how we got into it. And that was a magical time too. There Pittsburgh has a lot of magical times in their history. So that's what makes it great. There's so many times where they were competing. Now, this generation will probably uh, talk about getting into it with Willie Parker and, you know, definitely getting into it with Ben and James Harrison. And they're talking about the Palomalus and that, that will be the guys that they look back to. I'm looking back to the guys from the late 70s, but I still, some of my favorite favorite games and Tony's too. We do a lot of shows from 1983, 84. <laughs> and even though Mark Malone's the quarterback and Cliff Stout, we, we love to do those games because, because they're fun. Steven Carestis family from Manesson PA grew up thinking Pittsburgh Steelers was a religion. And it really was. I have this, uh, I know this girl that, uh, on Facebook, she says, uh, I remember, she put this on about 10 years ago. She's like uh church of cower um, 1 PM every Sunday. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it, re it really was a religion. And when you're talking about following a team, what, what is your main part of fandom? It's how do you show off your fandom in Pittsburgh? We get to do it with a terrible towel with this gold towel. It's not yellow. It's gold. Um, I'm just going to say that now. We, we get an opportunity to do that. I'm old school now. I'm, I'm getting to the point where technology is going away from me. And I've got to say, you know, when I hear black and yellow, I'm like, no, it's not black and yellow. That's not what it is. But I digress. Um, but it's wearing a jersey. And I'm the kind of guy that I would love to go back in time to watch baseball games in, in a suit at the ballpark. Do you, you remember those old flashbacks when they show pits? Um, fans going to the 1960 World Series and everybody's wearing a suit and tie. Yep. Would you Those do that? Great. Those are great. I would love that. I would love that. I would love coaches wearing suits again. I know Jack Del Rio tried to do it about 15 years ago and Nike actually came out with one and you had to wear the Nike suit and it didn't catch on. But I, I think that would be awesome. 
but you never saw jerseys in the stands back then. And if you saw a jersey, that was a big deal. Hardly anybody had the jerseys. Now I knew I know you grew up in where did you specifically grow up in? East yeah. Liverpool, right okay. across the border from Pennsylvania. Like it's the where West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio meet. It's on the Ohio okay. side. All righty. So you you had all the all the Pittsburgh channels? All I the guess? Pittsburgh channels, yep. All right. We got a couple, like we got Youngstown and we I think we got we could get one from Cleveland, but it was mostly Pittsburgh. I think a lot of people from Youngstown consider themselves from Pennsylvania. I I actually do. Just like Wheeling, it's like Wheeling, Pennsylvania, Youngstown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> instead, instead of referring it to it as Western Pennsylvania, we call it the Ohio River Valley. Ah, and it's just it's that, and it's so you, you're still Ohio, but it's the, it's it's more Pennsylvania than Ohio. It really is that River Valley. So we're talking about jerseys, though, and did you have? The place that I got my first jersey, and I'm not going to tell you what my first jersey was yet, and I'm going to want to know what everybody's first jersey was, and I know you're wearing your first jersey, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. I think that's awesome. Um, I cannot wear my first jersey because it barely fits my son now. That's how, that's how long ago. I'm talking 1980 was my first jersey, So, and I still have it. It's 41 years old, but... I got that first jersey at Hills Department Store. Did you have Hills? Oh, yeah. Hills was the best. Best snack bar ever. Best, absolutely. And <laughs> I used to get the Icy's at Hills with 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 different teams on them. I would, and I actually, one year, I collected every single team. I was getting Icy's forever. <laughs> and here, this isn't exactly a 2 a.m. story, but it's an embarrassing uh, um, change of life story from me when I uh, I was collecting the uh, the baseball teams and I was in high school. No, the football teams. I collected both of them and I got them all. And there was one place in the mall called Caramel Corn, and you can you can get all the the icy cups and they had every single team. So I would go in there and I actually was I was fourteen and I was meeting this girl that I. Uh, that I was talking to, uh, she went to a different school, but I, I met up with her somehow and I was going to meet her at the mall and I'm wearing this white polo shirt and I'm so proud. I'm right. I'm figuring I'm going to go get an icy cause I'm going to go get, and I got a red and I spit it all over me and I go to meet her and here I am this dorky little kid with a mullet, you know, going to meet her. <laughs> oh, and, man. and with red all over me, I did not get a date. Um, yeah, it did not well. work. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's and, and I thought, oh, it'll be all right. I'll just say I spilled something on me, but yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> Steelers fan 1823 says Hills popcorn. Yeah, Hills popcorn was really good. Hills was great, you know. Um, Jorge Gonzalez says my favorite player in 80s was number 83, Lewis Lips. Yeah, Tony, Tony just wrote an article on Louis Lips. Just, I think it just came out either yesterday or today. Check that out. I know that uh, I Tony got inspired because the last two, uh, the last two retro shows we did featured Lewis Lips in it. So, and Lewis Lips came to my high school. I remember that. But my question, Jorge, did you have a Lewis Lips jersey? And that's what this show is about. And we're going to talk about jerseys. We're going to talk about my first jersey, and we're going to talk about your first jerseys superstitions, everything about jerseys, who you would buy now, 
who you would stay away from because Michael Beck had an article about it. We're going to do that when we come back after this. If you are checking us out on any of our podcast platforms where you download your favorite podcast, just go ahead. Just It's an easy click. Just click on Tales from 2 a.m. Part 2. If you're here on Facebook or the YouTube, notice I said the YouTube. So if you're there, just go ahead. Take a stretch. We're going to be back in 10 seconds. You're going to find out my first jersey and Jeffrey's first jersey and all about jerseys right after this. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.